1: In these winter months, consider tripinsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting aboard Holland America Line's MS Zyderdam, this is Cruise Radio.
2: We are aboard Holland America's MS Zyder Dam on a 10-day Panama Canal Sunfair cruise. And uh, if you want some technical aspects about this ship, she's 950 feet long, 106 feet wide. She holds 1,916 guests. She was launched in uh, 2002, and she weighs in at 82,000 gross tons. We're going to have a big show this week as we give you a full, comprehensive review of Holland America's MS Cider Dam. The hotel manager is going to stop by, the cruise director, the executive chef, and some more key staff members will be on here. My co-host this week is Craig Zabransky. He's a travel writer out of New York City. And uh, Craig, a touching story, man. We were talking. You were actually at ground zero at 9-11, and that, that had to have an effect on your life. Absolutely did.
3: I mean, there's no doubt about it. When, when you're there and you're at ground zero, I mean, it changes you. It changes what you think and what you do, and you start to follow your passion, I think. A lot of people have come out of there, and they start focusing on
2: what they truly want to do in life because they realize it could be shortened. So we're on a 10-night Panama Canal cruise, a Ferry cruise, as Holland America calls it. We stopped. Our first port of call was Half Moon Key. Then we had a day at sea. Went to Aruba, Curacao, another day at sea. Panama, the Panama Canal, which was awesome. Costa Rica, now we're at our final day at sea before we go back to Fort Lauderdale. And Craig, you haven't actually sailed on a cruise in like 20 years, but you have been on like a Cunard Line and Princess Cruises. What was your overall view so far of the Zyderdam? Right, my, my last cruise was 92, actually, coming from... From Southampton to New York,
3: I was on the canard, QE2, classy ship, wonderful service, um, I actually can remember it, but I was back, you know, teenager with my parents, and even before that I was a little younger, cruising the Mexican ports. From what I do remember, I don't remember the excursions, the excursions are a stick out for me, I don't remember, uh, I don't remember taking as many exciting and adventurous excursions that that were available and of course the canals definitely stick out too but the actual service the food and everything on par with anything i remember even steps above and the food was fantastic each and every meal recommendations i mean the service is there the
2: staff is friendly with a smile it's great ship Joining us now is the backbone of shipboard operations. He's the hotel manager aboard the Zeider Dam. Case von van Santen, sir, welcome to Cruise Radio. How does working on a cruise ship differ from working in a hotel?
4: A uh, hotel is more like people walk in and out. Uh, They're going to have a dinner in a different restaurant around the corner. Uh, on a ship, everybody comes back, of course, uh, because the food is included in the price. So uh, that's the major difference. Everybody stays on board.
3: As hotel manager, it's more than just the hotel rooms. What else, what other responsibilities do you have?
4: Yeah, basically your ship is divided in three departments. Nautical, which is basically the navigation officers and uh, chief engineer and the hotel. So basically I do everything what the passengers see, uh, the hotel area. So that includes housekeeping, food and beverage, entertainment, concessionaires. So it's uh, quite a chunk of uh, yeah, responsibility I, can, I have. I can imagine. How many crew members do you ever see? Uh, total crew is 823 and the hotel department is around 625. Wow! You. But working on a cruise ship,
2: you're working like seven days a week. What do you do when you're not working? Like how do you relax after working every
4: single day for what, eight or six or eight months straight? Yeah, if you look at it, I'm 24 hours on call yeah. and, and that's, uh, you know, if something happens at two o'clock in the morning, anything can happen in the hotel, They they always, you know, have to call me. Uh, but normally, yeah, 6 o'clock I start, 8 o'clock, most of the time I go to my cabin and check all my emails. Because when I'm in my cabin, nobody's disturbing me, so uh, right. and that's, that's how my day average looks. Changing gears, uh, this is
3: my first cruise in a long time, first time on a big boat in a while. I know there's a lot of first-time passengers or first-time cruises. I'm wondering, you know all the different hotel rooms. So where would you recommend so I don't have to put a little patch behind the ear that is the best place to stay on a cruise ship if you're first time if you're afraid of
4: getting seasick Be midships on a lower deck because the higher you live and uh, the, the more the ships move of course So if you're really afraid of getting seasick, I would book uh, on deck one midships, Then you're always on the safe side.
2: He is the hotel manager aboard the MS Cider Dam, Mr. Case Van Santen. Thank you so much for being on Cruise Radio, sir. After the break, we will talk about the public areas aboard the MS Cider Dam, the entertainment, and the cruise director, David Shea, will stop by.
1: This is Cruise Radio. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art.
2: We're sailing aboard Holland America's MS Zyderdam this week. And, Craig, so many public areas on here. I mean, you know, ships do have their public venues. But, you know, like the Vista Lounge, the Piano Bar, uh, the Explorer Lounge, Casino. You have the Northern Lights, Discotheque, Um, the Crow's Nest, which has live music up there. They also have the Internet Cafe, the New York Times area up there. Um, The Queen's Lounge, which has like the million-dollar kitchen at sea, I guess you could say. You have the Ocean Bar, and you also have the Pinnacle Grill Bar, which is just opposite of their specialty restaurant, uh, Pinnacle Grill. On here, uh, out of all those that are on here, all the uh, public areas, which ones were your favorite and why?
3: I think you also forgot to mention even the sports bar where oh, I watched true. a little linsanity highlights. So it was great to get a little bit of highlights from the states. Uh, the piano bar, the the gentleman there played piano. Wears piano eyeglasses. He's got special spectacles that have ivories on the side. He is a character. He's definitely worth seeing. I love the Explorers Lounge too. If you like it, like classical music sit down listen to some true classics with the adagio strings that were there gotta say i love the casino olga dealt me some good cards we came away there a bit of a winner um so i was pretty pretty pleased about the casino and northern lights is a good i've never seen the northern lights before but i mean it was good to see <laughs> them there no. too but definitely the crow's nest too because you're up at the front of the ship you're on the 10th level amazingly comfortable chairs too and there's a gentleman there who plays acoustic at times and it, it it's a great spot for sure.
2: I have to say, coming into the whole thing, I was thinking, okay, a discotheque, you know, the Northern Lights aboard a Holland America ship. Wh- why even have that? Because it's going to be closed at ten o'clock, anyways. But I was far from wrong because the DJ and their DJ Steve actually had people in there till uh, far past midnight. So that was that was cool. I also enjoyed the Queen's Lounge because I love to eat as well. Joining us now is the man who's in charge of the entertainment aboard Holland America's M.S. Sider Dam, Mr. David Shea. He is the cruise director. Dave, welcome to Cruise Radio, bud. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm checking out the Explorer here, like the daily program on board the ship. And there's like 24 hours in a day, but like 40 hours of stuff to do in here. How do you control all that? Well, uh, it's all put
7: together bo- by both myself and the event manager. And uh, like I said, I mean, we try and keep people active and, uh, and participating in the different activities. Uh, we do de- several different uh, types of activities activities from our well-being program to our technology and our digital workshop program to our culinary arts center, which we call our Million Dollar Kitchen, to uh, uh, overall informational talks and presentations. And, uh, y- you know, we, we try and keep you active. That's yeah. the goal. Is there a kid program on board? Absolutely. There is a, a kid. Uh, it's called Club How program. Uh, it's up on uh, Deck 10. It's at the top of the ship. And we have... Uh, basically programs for kids ages 3 to 17. Of course, uh, during the busy times such as Christmas, New Year's, Uh, spring break we bring on more of our staff and they're able to handle a little bit more of Mm -hmm. the people and we set up different programs and for instance on uh, cruises such as those such as the high volume kid counts um, we also run programs for kids 18 through 20 so the teenagers really
3: one of my favorite things was seeing the cooking demonstrations you mentioned it's a million dollar kitchen is that because it costs a million to make, or because the dishes come out of there taste like a million bucks?
7: <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope both. But uh, no, we call it our million-dollar kitchen because they've actually invested a million dollars strictly into the creation of those state-of-the-art kitchens, uh, just like you see on, you know, your favorite TV shows, Rachel Ray, Martha Stewart. Yeah.
3: Another thing, um, the you mentioned that the expert is one of the most popular classes. Is there some of the activities that are on the list that perhaps you think that are
7: underutilized or under? I can't stress enough about our travel guide. Uh, she's pretty much a walk he or she I guess depending on who you have they're basically a walking encyclopedia of every port that we go to and uh, I, I think it's a shame whenever one of our guests say well we don't know enough information because we provide so many talks, so many presentations, they have desk hours, they're outside on the gangway and uh, so we just hope that they get to know the people and a lot of that uh, depends on us in terms of of basically informing them and letting. Letting letting them know that uh, that service is there.
2: He's the cruise director aboard the MS Zyder Dam, Dave Shaman. Thanks for being on Cruise Radio. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Have a question for the experts? Or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net.
2: Uh, we're here with Molly Finland, expert here aboard the um, MS Sider Dam. And Molly, for folks who don't know, what is the TechSpert program aboard the ship here?
6: Uh, the TechSpert program is uh, pretty much me as a teacher uh, teaching a bunch of different classes in something called the Digital Workshop. We have a bunch of free computers for guests to use, and I teach them classes. There's about 12 different classes.
2: All the classes are free.
6: Yeah, no charge at all. They're um, they're all ranging about the computer and Windows Seven, uh, the operating system. But there's also a class on camera basics as well. Do
2: you find this class is pretty full?
6: So on C days there's about six different classes, and on Port days there's anywhere from three to five, mm-hmm. and they are extremely full. Cool. People are sitting not only at the computers but on the chairs that are outside of the room, and some people even sit on the floor.
2: What are some of your most popular classes?
6: I would definitely say that the editing programs are very, very popular, but also the class uh, Introduction to the Cloud, because the concept of the cloud is fairly new, and so a lot of people are coming to learn about it.
2: Computer expert aboard Holland America's MS Zyderdam, Molly Finland from Seattle. Thank you so much for being on Cruise Radio.
6: Thanks for having me. Did you know that the MS Zyderdam produces
2: over 450,000 gallons of fresh water a day? And you know, Craig, we can't come on board Holland America and not talk about the food because oh, I love the food on the ship. So many dining venues to choose from. You have the main dining room, which is like your regional fare. You have the Pinnacle Grill, which is a $25 surcharge for dinner and a $10 surcharge for lunch there. Um, Canaletto, American Italian food, uh, no surcharge there. You have Lido deck, but it's not your typical Lido deck. You have your pizza station. You have your pasta station. You have your des- uh, dessert station. You have your deli station. I, I want to say there's like six. Stations all along there, plus a killer dessert station that like, I had to grab a cookie every time I went by there. You also have the Terrace Grill and their specialty, Le Cirque. And Craig, you can speak more on Le Cirque because you're from New York City and that's where Le Cirque is up there.
3: Yeah, Le Cirque was a great night too. I mean, there's, there's an uptick there, but they also do a wine pairing. It was a wonderful experience. Uh, it was in the same restaurant as the Pinnacle Grill, which again, Another amazing dining experience I recommend I was a little t- tentative on the on the uptick. you know like twenty five dollars really I have such amazing food in the MDr you get as much as you want. They have lobsters one night, order two, order another round, right, Doug? Yeah. I mean...
2: I've also got to mention, for the La Cirque Dining Experience, that is a surcharge. It's $39 just for the for the food, and it's $59 if you have the uh, four-course wine pairing along with that as well. But the Pinnacle Grill, dude, you really enjoyed it. What were some of your favorite entrees on the menu?
3: Not even entrees. I would even start beforehand. I mean, the lobster bisque was a great beginning. I mean, uh, there was some intrigue with some lobster macaroni and cheese. Can't go wrong with yeah, mac and cheese totally. with a little lobster in it. Duginous crab... Cakes, can't go wrong there. I mean, of course, they have the filet mignon and some killer prawns. I think that's what you ordered, Doug. Those things were basically lobsters. And also, I mean, for me, when I see them, I I go lamb chops, and I was not disappointed at all. Colorado lamb chops, very good, very
2: tasty, would recommend them. I did get the surf and turf, which was the, the jumbo prawns, but the prawns were bigger than the steak. It was awesome. It was like eating lobster because they wouldn't let me get lobster and steak and prawns. They just like – it's an extra surcharge. So like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. You know, Doug, also in the, in the main dining room, they have the culinary council where each night is, uh, a chef
3: recommends or prepares the actual meals for that night. And there's definitely – even the waiters recommend certain things, and they have not been wrong. I mean, every yeah. night it's been it's it's been victory at sea.
2: Joining us now is the executive chef aboard the Zyderdam. Chef Maldini, Paolo, sir, welcome to Cruise Radio. The kitchen seems to be in full operation. At any given time,
5: how many chefs are actually in the kitchen? Well, during the breakfast here in the main alley for the, for the restaurant operation, we have uh, something like, uh, depends on the flow mm-hmm. of the guests, uh, we have from uh, 8 to uh, 15 for the breakfast.
2: I want to know how much lobster you're going through because I'm a big lobster fan.
5: Well, lobster, for example, we had yesterday evening the lobster, the surf and turf, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I issued something like 7 to 8, eight almost 800 pounds. Just yesterday? All, lots, all of the tails, yeah. Oh,
3: wow. Do you start with that all on board, all the food, or do you pick food up in each port?
5: Fort Lauderdale is our main port. It, normally, we order it uh, something like one month, a month and a half ahead of time. So uh, we have to be organized about the consumption.
2: Chef, there's a specialty restaurant on this ship, and it's very good, the Pinnacle Grill. What separates the Pinnacle Grill from the main dining room?
5: Well, the uh, food uh, served is, uh, is basically the same. We use the same lobster that we use in the main galley, the same uh, beef. But is, uh, uh, also the, the, the portions are a little uh, more consistent. And uh, the presentation and, of course, the service and, uh, this separates from the, uh, from the two restaurants.
2: He is the executive chef aboard the MS Zyder Dam. Chef Paolo, executive chef, thank you so much for being on Cruise
5: Radio, sir. You're very welcome and uh, thank you for uh, interviewing me. <laughs>
2: They have coverage in all three categories that make it easy to find the right insurance plan for your budget.
1: You know what defines great customer service? Actually being able to talk to a human being, and they do that at tripinsurance.com. They are committed to great customer service with 24-7 telephone support before, during, and after your trip. You can also file claims online right on their website, and they keep you posted of any travel alerts that could affect your travels or safety at your destination. Check them out right now, tripinsurance.com.
2: Joining us now is the art auctioneer for Park West Gallery aboard the Zider Dam, Sean Van Yarsveld. Am I getting that correct?
1: That's
0: it, spot on, mate.
2: (laughs) Thanks, man. Welcome to Cruise Radio, bud. Cheers. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. I've never been to a Park West auction before aboard a cruise ship. I've seen many of them happen, but the free champagne did lure me to it, so I sat and watched the whole thing. Uh, Can you kind of
0: explain the process of um, the whole art auction on board the ships? Well, we pretty much have what we call an entire program, and it starts off with the first night of the cruise where we normally do a gallery tour. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we have a lot of passengers that will get on board that's been to our auctions before, and they'll definitely come and announce themselves to us. But also a lot of times we have first-time cruisers, and they find it. It's very uh, breathtaking to see uh, some of the artists that we have. So we'll start with the champagne reception party on the first night. Uh, we also do a lot of um, lectures and seminars during the cruise. And a lot of folks do tell us that that's definitely one of the highlights of their cruise, though, because of all the education that they receive through it. But the auction itself, though, it's a very entertaining event. Yeah. You know, people think, okay, well, we, let's go to an auction. But uh, the way we do auctions on cruise ships is completely different than what you would expect back at home. Right. Uh, it's a fun event. And it needs to be fun, though, because everyone's on vacation. So at the auctions, though, obviously there's going to be the uh, free champagne, and that does bring in a bit of a crowd. Uh, We have a lot of raffles taking place, but some of the artwork we have on board and the way that we conduct the auctions is just absolutely spectacular.
3: Uh, Specifically on the MS Cider Dam
0: are the particular artists selected for this ship or this demographic? You'll find that pretty much from ship to ship, though, we'll have the same artists on there. But then what we also do is with Parkway's Gallery, they have an entire department that does take a look at where we sail from. And according to where we sail from, there are going to be different artists or different styles that works better out of those little areas. And so we have an entire team that does hand-select those works, though. But you'll find pretty much from cruise ship to cruise ship, though, you're going to have pretty much the same caliber artists uh, and then there's going to be a small variation from ship to ship.
2: If someone purchases like $45,000 Peter Max piece on board the ship and they get home and they're having buyer's regret, is there
0: anything that can be done or are they stuck with the $45,000 piece? See, this is the great thing about Parkwest Gallery. Because they've been in business for over 43 years, they really have built up over 1.3 million satisfied clients over the past 43 years. And recently, Parkwest Gallery, when they turned 40 years old, Parkwest Gallery decided to introduce one of the best guarantees in the industry, and we call that the 40-40 satisfaction guarantee. Because we've been in business for 40 years, we stand behind our product, but more importantly we also stand behind our clients. So if someone does collect a work of art, delivery usually takes about up to about 10 or 12 weeks, Mm -hmm. and from the day that they receive it, if there's any reason, no questions asked, that they would like to return it for a money refund, they have a 40-day period to do so. However, we do find that there's not many uh, many, um, folks that will actually refund their artwork because they collect of course they love it and that's the golden right. rule now
2: yeah. here's the park west gallery art auctioneer on board the ms Dam sean van Yarsveldt. Yeah?
0: Spot on. There okay, we go. sweet. Right Thanks for being on Cruise <laughs> Radio, man. Excellent. Thank you very much, guys.
2: If
7: you missed any part of the show or want to hear
8: more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio.
2: As I mentioned earlier, on this 10 day Panama Canal Sunfair cruise, we did hit Half Moon Key, Aruba, Curacao, Panama, and Costa Rica. Now, Let's talk excursions for a minute, because Half Moon K, I've been there a couple times, and personally, I don't think you need to do an excursion, because the beaches are amazing. It's, hands down, some of the softest
3: sand and most beautiful scenic photographical beach, idyllic setting that actually I've ever been on. That's a bold statement, I know, but it truly is one of those beaches that, yes, you need to go to, and I'm so happy we stopped there.
2: I mean, but if you do want to get an excursion, they do have, like, horseback riding by land and sea, which is pretty cool because the horses actually ride in the ocean. Um, You could go out snorkeling on a boat. You can go deep-sea fishing. You can swim with the stingrays, uh, parasailing. You can actually rent private cabanas. They're kind of pricey, but you can, like, rent a private cabana for, like, $1,000 or something. But well worth it from the folks I talked to on the ship. Our next port of call was Aruba, where we went to De Palm Island, which was... I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it's like $84, and they basically – the ship docks. You get off the ship. They take you by a shuttle bus. It's like 20 minutes to this island. All you can drink, all you can eat, snorkel gear, um, water slides, pools, crystal clear water all around the island. I thought I, – I enjoyed it. What would you think of it? At first, I was a little hesitant, but,
3: I mean, when I look back in perspective, it was great. And there's no doubt about it. All the buzz is bring your scuba to Aruba. That's what you hear – the snorkeling there, even though it was a bit windy and a bit cloudy, still the amount of fish we saw. And actually we saw a little – I saw a little presentation about what I might see in Aruba. And they talked about all the different fish in the Caribbean, some kind of uh, entertainment in the Vista Lounge that I went to one one day. I saw every fish. Yeah. I saw every fish that they mentioned was there. And the big blue parrotfish was there
2: sh- showing off. And they were all right there, right in front of you. There's also other excursions in Aruba. You can do, too, like a sail and snorkel cruise. Um, the Aruba sunset cruise you can do, because the ship actually stays until like 11 o'clock. You can do the Atlantis submarine. It takes you down 130 feet under sea level and get to see some cool marine life and artificial reefs and real reefs and stuff like that. As well as, I was talking to some folks on deck earlier, and they did this off-road, four-wheel drive excursion there, and they said they really liked it. And I think also, when you're there till 11, you have an opportunity to see a sunset, not from sea. And
3: as Doug, you know, I'm a big fan of the sunset every Sunday. I actually took a little bit of a taxi down just outside the ship, was not a problem, came back and forth, saw so one of the most beautiful sunsets beaches sands wonderful great moment
2: our next port of call was curacao and i i didn't do anything you have a friend who lives there so you got to go around the island i personally just walked they have this big cool swing bridge that goes back and forth and you can walk into the main town where they have um, a floating fish market where all these boats are slicing and dicing fish for the locals and uh, fruit stands they have some great little cafes on the water the island really has this dutch feel to it because it's dutch but there's also a lot of excursions you can do there they have this like ostrich farm you can go to you can go to this aquarium, um, a local beach, a dolphin swim, the dolphin encounters are there, um, the caves. I think it was one of the only ports we went to in the Caribbean that has, like, caves you can go into, they were saying. And, and Craig, your buddy picked you up at the port, and you went around and, and tore, actually toured the island. Was there anything cool worth seeing? There's definitely
3: beaches, of course. I mean, any Caribbean island has beaches. We saw a couple. He showed me some beach clubs that are there where there's a lot of, like, you know, people of well to do. And you sit down there and it was uh, – the, the island – my understanding is the island has the, the highest standard living in the entire Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely money there and it, it's, it's a growing population. I mean, a lot of the time I spent with my friend was catching up. You know, we haven't seen each other for a couple of years, worked together in Mexico City,
2: so it was just great to chill and have a few beers in different places. Our next port of call was Panama where we had an early start. We got up like at six in the morning to watch the ship go through the breakwater and then go through the three locks into lake gatoon if you've never done the panama canal experience it is amazing in fact um, I, I was speechless man what did you think of it craig this was your first time there too
3: it was unbelievable and i think you mentioned the ships 106 feet wide I, there's 108 feet in the canal or something like that so you are it it is the tightest canal for some of these ships that i've ever seen and the fact that you raised it was so worth it. I mean, when they had the opportunity to, to jump on something like the Panama Canal, I, I, I wanted to see it. I mean, it's a no-brainer to go see in your life. People talk about bucket lists here and there. I mean, it should be a check on a lot of travelers' bucket lists.
2: Yeah, I, I come from a maritime family. My, my dad, my grandpa, my great-grandfather were all ship captains or river pilots, and getting to experience because I've always heard about it and seen pictures of it growing up, but getting to see it firsthand was just nothing short of amazing.
3: I heard a lot about it from my parents who sailed through it. Um, even just before I came on the cruise, one of my parents' neighbors talked all about it, told me where to stand, what to do. He said it was amazing. And you hear all that, and you're like, all right, expectations are high. Expectations exceeded. It really went over the top. and can't, can't, I mean, it was probably one of the most amazing mechanical things that man has built that I've just witnessed
2: live. And I have to say, if you're doing a Panama Canal sailing and if you're looking for a good place to go, the ship opens up like a public deck, and you have like a 1,000 people out there trying to view these locks from one area. Try to find your own little nook or cranny. For me, it was on deck 9 in front of the gym. There was a catwalk there, and I was able to set my tripod up there and actually film the ship going through the locks and the gate opening. It was a very cool experience. Our next port of call was Costa Rica, and I liked it. We went whitewater rafting there. Whitewater
3: rafting... When I looked, and I'm like, oh, stay adventurous. What can I do adventure-wise? I mean, whitewater rafting is one of the excursions that stuck out right away, wanted to jump on it, was able to, was happy that it happened, and really was probably one of the best excursions, if not the best excursion, I believe, that the the cruise ship offered that that I took.
2: Speaking of excursions, we have the shore excursions manager with us right now, Nina Kettle. Nina, welcome to Cruise Radio.
8: Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here.
2: We've had the best 10 days sailing on here, and it, much with the excursions we've we picked. Um, on Panama sailings like this, um, sailing the Panama Canal, what do you find as some of your most popular excursions?
8: In Panama, my, one of my number one tours is the authentic Mbira Indian village. Uh, what we do there is we take you to a native culture. Um, Indians, and you get to spend the day with them and you see how they live and uh, work, well, still live like they lived 500 years ago before they were colonized by the Spanish.
2: What advice do you have for guests who want to book uh, shore excursions on their own?
8: The one thing that I have to admit about Holland American Line, it doesn't matter what excursion you're going to do, we do offer you a value... Uh, value, good value for money, a peace of mind that means we try and get the best guides the best transportation in the ports of call that we visit. Uh, especially when you're down this part of the world and the number one advice that I can give is do your research. You yeah. know, Go and do your homework. Um, you might not want to book a with, with a private tour in certain ports uh, I, just because you have the peace of mind that mm-hmm. when the ship, if you take a ship shore excursion you know that the ship's going to be there when your group comes back or when your group is delayed. Um, that's very important to remember when you're sailing on board
2: a ship. If you book an excursion on your own and it's not with the cruise line, if there is a, a tree that falls or there's a delay getting back to the ship, the ship's not going to wait for it if you book it on your own. Is that correct?
8: Yes, that is correct. If you're uh, booking independently and let's say your um, shore excursion is delayed or with your independent tour operator. The ship has no way of knowing because the guide can't communicate with us. uh, So therefore, you know, what will happen is we have all aboard time and we would need to leave. Whereas if you're with a Holland America shore excursion, we are in contact with our guides 24 hours while you're out there. So we know exactly what's happening, when it's happening. So if there's an accident and you're delayed, you know, we can uh, go ahead and hold up the ship until you come back to the pier on uh, Holland America shore excursion.
3: Uh, a, A question for me on the Panama Canal is, when I was coming through, I was like, do I take an excursion or do I stay on the ship and view it as we go through both ways? Now, what's your recommendation there, if someone really just wants to completely experience the canal from the ship?
8: My best advice would be take the canal experience. It's the only tour that we offer that goes from the Atlantic side all the way through to the Pacific side. You get to see the Pan-American Bridge, and you get to see all three sets of locks. So the ship will do the first set of locks if you're doing a partial transit. And then the actual shore excursion canal experience does the Miraflores locks, the Pedro Miguel locks out into the Pacific Ocean.
2: She is the shore excursion manager aboard the MS Zyderdam, Miss Nina Kettle. Thank Thank you so much for being on Cruise Radio. Craig, in closing, do you have any tips for people who haven't yet the sale on Holland America or who may be considering sailing Holland America's MS Iderdam?
3: Well, say I mean for me I, I would assume these tips are for cruise generals yes, first totally. time first time 20 years that I've been on a ship some of the things I noticed were I think 20 years ago the Wi-Fi and internet didn't exist right. um, it does exist now but it's gonna cost you uh, so you got to be careful there I don't know 10 days maybe you want to be a little more connected save that for your port times save that for Wi-Fi cafes you'll find them I think that's an interesting tip. Uh, another also is alcohol alcohol you know when you're on the ship i mean you're gonna have to buy drinks i think one of the ways to get around is buy a bottle to your room as a few people have done that i know we've done that too i mean here i'm not gonna say it's the hugest value but it's great you have a couple drinks and because the other tip that i'd like to do is balcony yeah I was not on... My my first two ships now have a balcony had a little window, if I remember correctly, a porthole or something like that. I don't even know if balconies were on as many balconies. I didn't see that many back in those days, 20 years ago. But to sit outside and have a cocktail, whether the sun is setting or just looking out... I mean, I think we just passed Cuba a while ago. It's kind of an interesting just feeling of being in America passing Cuba. And you're just having a cocktail on the on, on your own deck, on your own balcony with a view. And that just creates
2: an amazing experience on a cruise ship. My tips would have to be one, Have breakfast in the main dining room. You'll avoid the craziness on the Lido deck uh, when it comes to breakfast time. Also, if you have to be connected or keep in touch with your family back home, make sure you get an international text plan. You can turn it on and off. It's like 20 or 30 bucks a month for 100 uh, international texts when you're in land. You can't text it from the ship, but, of course, when you're on land, it's a great value there. Also, the Pinnacle Grill. Make sure you try the Pinnacle Grill. Also, make your reservations early, and lunch is served there, too. It's like a $10 per head uh, service charge. But the lunch experience is so much better. You're right there on deck two overlooking the water. You can't beat that. I think the cruise director put it great. I mean, a cruise is what you make it. There is enough activities on any ship, every ship.
3: I mean, there are some times where two things are happening at the same time. And I'm like, wow, oh, I could go to either. Um, I just took cha 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 lessons, up tag. I didn't know if that was gonna be fun with the demographic or what was gonna happen, but it actually turned out to be a really unique experience, and I got some steps down.
2: I'm ready to head back to Latin America. Craig, thank you so much, dude, for co-hosting the show with me this week.
3: Oh, you're welcome, Doug. It's been a pleasure, and I, I look forward to next week learning more about the Panama
2: Canal. From the Cruise Radio mobile studios aboard Holland America's MS Dam, I'm Doug Parker, and I'm Craig Zabransky, and this is Cruise Radio.
1: Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio. Promotional consideration provided by Embassy Suites Fort Lauderdale. When sailing out of Fort Lauderdale, make Embassy Suites your pre- or post-cruise hotel. Find out more at ftlauderdale.embassysuites.com.